Okay, today we're going to talk about symbols and things like that, but I always start with general information. One is, I read somewhere, and I'm trying to remember where it was, but a guy says to keep your brain fresh, right, and to keep growing new neurons. I always talk about learning new things, doing different things. That's great. But he even stressed one of the ways that you harden your brain is you refuse to update the songs that you listen to. You're still listening to the 70s, 80s, that whenever it was that you came of age, if you will. And I do know that one reason every generation says, you know, because I've seen it now, Facebook is now taken over by older people, but they're like, you know, the kids today don't understand great music. And then they'll either, usually it's 70s or 80s, right? Now, even the 90s. And, but every generation said it. We said it when we were kids, da, 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 right? Or they do the thing like, name some bands that current, like kids today or people today wouldn't know. And it lists like, depending where you were, Creedence Clearwater, da, 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 80s bands, things like that. But I always think, why would they know them? They're not listening to that old shit. Can you name the current top 10 artists of today? Most people over the age of 30 probably can't, well, maybe 30 might be a cutoff, but over 40, no, you know, you know, what's the biggest selling album out there right now? You know, uh, Taylor Swift, that one's not that hard. I mean, she, but still it's like, but he says, you know, if you listen to the same music, you're, you're just reinforcing old neurological pathways. We talk about neuroplasticity and growing new things. You got to stay current. Also, I would throw in, it's an anti-aging device, right? If I hear somebody pull up in their car and they're listening to Led Zeppelin or Credence, it's like, that's an old guy, an old white guy, right? Right? And you look over and it usually is, right? And, uh, you know, had this conversation with um, uh, my, my dear friend, Jeff Neal. Right? He's a hard, he likes like Black Sabbath and that acid rock stuff, hard rock. And I'm like, do you know the current new hard rock people? I'm sure they're out there. And he went, well, you know, they're not as good as, see, now you're, now you are a 50 something year old white guy. Right. And I go, the funny part is if you go to your band, Black Sabbath, those guys that are still alive, I'll bet you they know the current artists. Right. Because, hey, it's their profession. So they stay and you hear them say things like stay current, you know, look at all the older stars that are like keeping praise on the new Taylor Swift album, Carol King, you know, these people from many, many years ago. But they're just keeping praise because they stay current. Right. So can you stay current? Right. And I think this spills over into everything that we do. Right. If you like, do you stay current with the new? And I see it in psych, you know, and social work therapy. I definitely see it in the alcohol and drug world. It's like a uh, drug counseling world. It's like they don't want to update their database with the new techniques and technologies and things like that. Right. We see it in the psych world and it's in the social work world and the alcohol and drug world where there's still about 50% that don't even want to find out about like the polyvagal theory, the neuroplasticity, what's really working. No, we're going to do, you know, psychoanalytic. 
And in the hypnosis world, there's people who no, I learned regression. I was told that's all I ever need. Well, you were told that by an idiot, right? You know, I don't care who said it. And I had, a, you know, because behind the scenes, one of the guys, biggest guy I ever know personally, well, the two guys I knew quite well, um, Gil Boyne and uh, Jerry Kine, kind of the big wigs of that. They're both dead now, but they were like, they really pushed it out there. And all the current people that are into regression come from one of those two guys, right? By the way, I know Jerry Kine kept current, like he took NLP, he took EFT, he, he kept current. He didn't really teach it, but he kept current and he would at least try to spin it into what he was doing. You know, Gil Boyne was not my favorite guy, so I won't comment either way. Um, but so it's just kind of interesting. Do you stay current in your music? You know, and again, I use, uh, if you go to a health club, you see guys that haven't changed their workout in decades because this worked when i was like 23 dude you're you're 60 that you know yeah and and you see them do the same routine if you're in the gym at the same time it's like and then they're you know they may complain that they're not getting different results right but i think we all fall into that so do you stay uh current right because it's easy to stop because it just you know, knowledge is growing exponentially, things like that, right? And so when I got ready to start the new stuff I'm doing with persuasion, which is, it's it's a triad, right? It's going to be persuasion, self-confidence. It's like a, the, the stool, the three-legged stool, you know, you got persuasion, you got self-confidence, right? Uh, and I'll reveal the third one later, but that's what's, that's what success must be built on, right? And if one of those crumble, if you know, you can have great self-confidence, but if you're not good at persuading, you're going to fall apart, right? Uh, you can have you can have great. I see this all the time. People study, study, and they got great persuasion skills, but they got no self-confidence, so they don't go out. They don't go out and actually do it, right? And um, and then, well, the third leg is the is the techniques to take it to the next level those three you got those three things you can build up upon your success right uh and i see people chase you know information uh and they never get the success even though they got the skills you know they know what to do in persuasion and in the nlp or the hypnosis of the psychotherapeutic techniques they got that but they don't have the self-confidence to go do it so they're stuck into that cycle right uh uh, and don't get me wrong, they pay me a lot of money and take a lot of my classes. Uh, but anyway, so it's trying to build that 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 three-legged school stool, that triad, 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 triad. Yes, I speak for a living. Hey, I already did two auditions today. Give me a break. They were short, but there were two auditions. Yeah, I know. I should have played that song, The World's Smallest Violin. That's a really good song. Everybody should listen to that, right? Uh, so anyway, uh, today I said I was going to talk about symbols, right? Symbols and how we can use symbols, right? Well, when I talk, when I talk, and all of this now, it's all being spun back through my persuasion filter because that's what I'm teaching next, right? I talk about the uh uh, systemic form of communication, right? And that's like using logic and, and information and all that, which is one way to communicate, 
right? It will make you very in, uh, ineffective as a persuader, right? To most people, right? Because that's not how most people process information. If you're in sales, marketing, trying to sign people up for your trainings and things, or get them to make personal changes, uh, if you stay in that model of communication, you will be ineffective, right? Because that's not how people respond. That's not how people make quick actions. That's not how they change, right? Um, uh, and so, you, and because this, if you stay in that uh, systemic form of communication, uh, and you're, it's very conscious. You'll, if you if you communicate that way, it gets the target that you're communicating with to stay in their conscious mind, and they won't make a decision. They'll get, they'll just analyze, 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 right? And so, symbols are one way to bypass that, right? When they use symbolism. And right now, as we're recording this, uh, and I'll give an example, uh, it's the, as it always is anymore, it never ends, the political season, right? There's going to be an election next week and uh, in the States. And the good candidates drape themselves in symbolism, right? The American flag, that's a strong symbol, right? Uh, you know, uh, because it's, a, it's an emotional tag. It bypasses the critical, it gets people out of the, you know, the thought process, right? And a word can become a symbol, right? The stupidest thing I ever heard, one of the, there's a lot of stupid shit I've heard, but one of these was, because there's a, there's a teacher shortage, right? In a lot of the country, right? Especially here in Florida. I wonder why they pay them like shit. They don't give them any benefits, right? They, they fire them before they get tenure. I mean, I don't know why anybody, you know, and you got to deal with the parents, you know, every teacher I know says, I like the kids with the parents, right? But anyway, but there was one and some politicians started talking about, I can solve this problem. I'm like, okay, great. What's your answer? We can hire vets and put them right in to become teachers because vets get results. And I'm sitting there going, and I'm a vet. And I'm like, first of all, great use of a, of a symbol, the word vet, because people are picturing this, right? But why does being a veteran have to do with being a goddamn teacher, right? And somebody, one of my friends in a soldier group, I'm in there, yeah, that would be a good idea. I go, good, you'd like some, some ex-Marine just bitch slapping your little kid because he, you know, gets out of line. Because that's, they still do that in the military. It's how the military works, right? And, right, and they're good at, but then he goes, but they're good leaders. I go, not necessarily. You know, I don't know, I'm a vet, right? Some of the worst people I know are veterans, right? And some of the best people I know. That's just something, it's just part of my background. It has nothing to do with it. But even if you were good, even if you were, think of the symbolism. It meant you were a good leader of men or women, not kids. It's a different, we know, those of us here know, it's a different skill set. You know, getting a 19-year-old to pull his head out of his ass, as we used to call it, cranial anal inversion, snap your head out of your ass and get, you know, we got a mission to accomplish, right, is one thing. I don't know if that would work with a 12, it should be done to some 12-year-old, but would it work with a 12-year-old, right? So, but it's taking the, the symbolism, right, and doing that, right? And now, and there's one cracking me up here in Florida, and I got all the respect for it because that's that's my world. It's like this guy was a special forces medic. Okay. 
Why would that make him a good congressman? Okay. What's his training background experience? Well, he recently retired from the military. Why would that make him a good uh, a person good at negotiation? What you're going to do is harden, Mike's comment would be, you're going to harden the, it's this way or no way. Because if you're if you're in the SF, that, that world, this is the way we do stuff, right? And guess what? We don't negotiate. This is, this is how we accomplish the mission, right? So anyway, it's just, but how can you use symbols, right? You know, and we see it all the time, you know? Um, um, yesterday, I had a great example. Uh, we took a play day, my wife and I, and we went to Universal, right? And to tag it into also persuasion, and I'm going to do a tag in at the end, uh, persuasion. There's a group of people that design theme parks, Disney, you know, Universal, Six Flags, all the really good theme parks, right? We should be studying them. Their use of symbolism, right? The way they access emotion, the way they can pull a goddamn thousand dollars out of your pants in one day. And then later you're gonna look white, you know? And if nothing else, I would love to shake the hand of the person and then bitch slap them, but shake the hand of the person that changed the rides so you finish this intense experience of being on a ride, right? Anybody been to Universal or Disney? Where does the ride end? The gift shop, right? And if you're into it and you see family, I was noticing it yesterday, so I should write the business, it should become a business trip for me, right? I'm watching. Right. And like, especially families coming off the ride. Those that were into the ride, because again, it uses visual, auditory, kinesthetic, you know, visual, auditory. Yeah. If you're into it and the symbols, if it's Harry Potter or Transformers or whatever ride you're on, uh, if you're into it, right. And then they're constantly giving you those symbols while you're doing it, and they're stimulating your visual, auditory, kinesthetic sense, right? Uh, and then they dump you into the gift shop, right? Like, and they every once in a while they say things like, and you know, as you're coming off, take a memory home. Yeah, buy another goddamn t-shirt you're never gonna wear, but you know, it might, you know, that's yeah. But we see it, right? And I was thinking it yesterday when I watched people, families coming off and, you know, those that were into it, ready to buy stuff. Usually they have maybe one member of the family's like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, trying to get them out of the gift shop, right? But it's brilliant because you got to go through that to get out, right? And I think that that's where they got the good internet marketing idea of, you know, they take you through that process. They get you highly charged emotionally. And then they go, here's how you can do this, right? So you got to at least go through it, right? right? And the really good ones, when you try to click out, how many times, and I'm not, I don't know how to do that yet on my sites. I'm learning, right? You go to click out, wait, before you go, right? It's like, ah, you know, so it's that, so part of that's using the symbolism, right? And the other thing I think we could learn from um, like theme parks is they, they and the good politicians, by the way, they play to their base. 
right? If you're into transformers, then they know, A, you're going to go on the transformer ride, probably much more likely, and B, you're much more likely to buy the stuff, right? If you're just there and you're just doing the ride, you go through transformers, you may or may not like it, but if you like the transformers, especially if you're a kid, you're going to want the toys, you're going to want the other stuff, right? And then in, in politics, the first thing they do, you, and we see the, the, the commentators bitch about it, but I'm always thinking, you're a commentator. Have you ever won a race for the House, the Senate, the governor, the mayor, whatever? No, you're just, you're, you're acting like people think, for God's sakes, right? And we all know people don't think, right? Most people don't think. So they play to their base first and then build out from that. Not the other way around. You're not trying to grab everybody that, but if you build your base, if you build Transformers, you know the people who like the Transformers movies are going to come, right? And then it'll build out. And while, I, while I'm at the theme park, what the hell is this Transformers thing? And then you get on the ride and you may like it, right? So it's like that. So, and again, when I'm now that I'm studying the how to how to redo my marketing, it's like, okay, what's my base? What do they do? What do they need? And then build out from that, you know? And that's when I'll share it. That's why I'm doing persuasion, then self-confidence, right? And then I'm going to go into bad habits. If you don't, if you can't get, you learn the skills, you know how to persuade, you got all the psychoanalytic techniques, NLP, hypno, whatever it is you do, voodoo, Reiki, whatever, woo, whatever, light a candle, you know, uh, throw a cat in the air, whatever works for you. And it all works about the same, in my opinion, tough crowd, um, right? You got the techniques and you got the skills, you know, you learn persuasion, but you can't get that next level of self-confidence, even if you take the self-confidence course. Well, what's stopping you? The only thing that I've found throughout history that stops it are bad habits, right? That become that, whether it's in the top, the best, what do you call it? The best sellers haven't changed. Alcohol and drugs, food, gambling, sex, right? And again, even in the, and we, I know this deeply, in the therapeutic community, it's the thing we don't want to talk about amongst ourselves, right? And I was telling somebody yesterday, I go, yeah, I was at this conference, and the next day they were talking, they were laughing and joking, because, you know, it was in Vegas, so I just ratted out which conference it was, but you know, so, you know, they're there and people were talking, yeah, it's great, man, I got, I barely remember getting back to my room and doing all this other shit, right? And I'm you know, and of course, they're now that vaping's legal with with the active ingredients of uh, you know, so they're doing that. Yeah, and they one guy, you know, he took a really big hit and he almost fell over. Ah, oh, they're all laughing, and I'm like, and I probably why I'm not real popular with that conference. I'm like, you guys are acting like 22 year old frat boys, not 45 year old professional businessmen. You know. I mean, don't you understand the concept of Vegas? You sneak away to do that shit, you know, and then it will stay quiet. But you're doing it here. Everybody's like, you know, hey, yeah, good luck with this. So, so anyway, you know, so it's that. So what are the bad habits? So that's kind of like my triage, but we're always communicating in this and that. So now back to symbolisms. What's what if you access your client's symbols for how they're representing stuff in their head? Right? What what symbol? Somebody says they have stress or anxiety. You know, we ask them to describe it. What if you just say, "Give me a symbol of it"? What what would be a symbol that would represent your stress or anxiety? 
right? And there's, and it's kind of making a comeback and I love it when they say, well, draw it for me. How does it feel, right? And of course, if you're an adult, first thing you're gonna say is I can't draw, right? I'm not, God damn, we're not doing an art class. Just, you know, it could just be a scribbly line, right? Or what term, you know, what symbolism term works for you, you know? Well, when, when I'm in a high stress state, I feel like there's a buzz. I just had this one, a buzz saw in my brain. You know, I don't know what that means. I know what a buzz saw is, you know, at least in my, and so I said, well, what do you mean by buzz saw? Right? And then they had to think about it. And, they, and I said, just kind of describe the buzz saw to me, right? Kind of do a little sketch it out. You know, if the old NLP, if I were you, what would it be? Right. And I'll show you what I just did with someone. And they said, well, you know, it's like the thing about a buzzsaw or a jigsaw, if you're into that. God knows I'm not. I'm not that handy, I'll be honest with you. But if you use one of those, you ever use one of those? It doesn't cut cleanly. Right? Because it rip it's a, a, like a rip saw, right? I mean, you cut the wood and it's like that, right? So it's a squiggly. Let me make it bigger. Squiggly line. Right? Right? Which then, okay, is, is, and I asked him, is that what you're feeling in your head? And they go, yeah, everything's jumbled. It's all like, Ugh! right? So I'm like, cool. That's a cool symbol for what's going on in your brain. Now, I could have took that in a lot of different directions. I could have did a metaphor about, well, maybe what's happening in your brain is you're accessing different neurological points if they were into this, so I could, if they didn't, they wouldn't know what I was talking about, but it's like, so that's why you feel out of sorts, you're thinking of, and that's part, part of anxiety, you're thinking about, and I, what I'm going through now is like, got to finish cleaning up all the stuff in the hurricane, oh my god, I've got to get ready for a new class, right, oh, but wait, the shed stuff's still out in the back, I got to get the shed stuff cleared out, right, and I'm thinking about the shed stuff. How am I going to get the shed out of the back, out into the front? And then, oh, wait, I have a call later or an audition. So, of course, it's like this, right? So, or it's just like, I can't, you know, what's it going to take? And this was my big therapeutic intervention with this person. What's it going to take for us to take this, you know, this ripsaw, this buzzsaw going on in your head to make it clean, right? To straighten that line up. Right? And if you've ever cut wood rough, right? So the edges are, are like this. What do you have to do to get the, and this person was kind of into tools, so it was easy to use. Uh, what do you have to do to go from the rough cut to making the edges smooth? What do you have to do, ladies and gentlemen? You have to sand it, you know? or file it, right? And that's, they said, file, well, you have to file it down first, right, to knock off the edges, and then you have to sand it to get it smooth, right? Okay, so now I'm using their symbolism in their head. So what, what kind of, what can we do to file down some of these, again, you're not gonna go from this right to this, there's gonna be, maybe you'll smooth out a little bit, right? And maybe if you, even if you get down to here, so there's a slight, not totally smooth, but you know what? It's good enough for government work, 
right? You know, it might, it, this, it takes you from this. Our goal is to get here, but, you know, we're going to have to maybe, you know, first we take off the edges and then people, and he was, yeah, I got to, because he said, I begin to use that terminology a lot where I, I got to take the edge off. And he had a bad habit he kept going back to. So I'm like, well, what are other ways that we can take the edge off that we can file down some of this to at least make it manageable, which is all he, want, all he wanted, right? To make it manageable, right? So if you ask people, you know, and they'll draw a picture. I'm not digging that, but I've heard people draw a picture, you know, so it's like, this is what I feel in my head. Right? So it's like a face with a, with a, you know, like full of teeth or something like that. Whatever it is, it gives you a, a, a place to start. It pulls you out of your conscious mind and into your subconscious mind. And then maybe you can begin to use their symbolism, their stuff like that, right? So, and, and again, you know, and, and everybody's got different symbols for what they're doing, right? Okay, I'm done. I'm going to stop the recording. No, let's talk for a moment. <laughs> that was good. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> I do something similar, Dr. Will, when I'm working with clients and we're, we get to a certain point uh, in their progress and I, we're, I want them to come up with an original way to come up with a personal power mantra, you know, and I've explained that you can't just repeat the shit you read because if you don't believe in it, it isn't going to work. So it has to be something that's very specific to you that means something to you. It has to come from the inside. So mm -hmm. I'll give them a pad of paper and some colored pens. And I say, and I ask them the question, who are you? And they give me this blank stare and yeah. Transformer blew up. 